This show is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky things that are best enjoyed after you see the movie. So any movie we talk about, we recommend you go see. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And today uh, we are talking about the 2018 reimagining of <laughs> Suspiria, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Um, man, I... <laughs> and, and the crowd goes silent. <laughs> I really... Uh, well, so so he directed, like, Call Me By Your Name, and, it, you know, it's Academy Award-nominated film, and you're, we're, I'm expecting... Also, I Am Love, starring Tilda Swinton as well. Yes, yeah, so he works with Tilda Swinton a lot, and you can tell in this film, and it's almost too, it's definitely to a fault, I think. I wanted to like this film, I really wanted to, and throughout the movie, I kept trying to force myself to like it, um, but finding myself being bored, actually, for a lot of it, and, and, like, I was watching two completely separate films, and then I just was like, man, some of this is just bad filmmaking and egregious sins of filmmaking that are happening, especially towards the ending of this film. It, it's not Suspiria. It's, it's basically a historical drama about the Berlin Wall and losing loved ones and dealing with that. Oh, by the way, there's witches and this dance academy as well. That's... That's kind of the movie. And it's broken into six parts. It has an epilogue in it. it. It's two movies, man. It's mashed together. Cut an hour out of this movie, an hour to an hour and ten minutes. Like, no joke. Cut that much out of the film. That could be its own short film just about this guy in Germany, you know, dealing with losing his... Uh, not being able to find his wife for 35 years, not knowing where she is. And she is a cameo role played by Jessica Harper. Uh, she was Susie in the original Suspiria, which, you know, was kind of cool. But it's this subplot that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, except the fact that because this took place in 1977, they just tie it in with the Berlin Wall. Because so it's historically I, relevant. I think a... Uh... A point of, of, of so a point to mention here uh, for this movie uh, is the fact that it's a remake of the uh, 1970s classic from Dario Argento, um, and I kind of want to like. So you you are in the camp of not liking this movie, Rob. I, I, no, there's I, there's okay. So it, it's it's very com it's very complicated. There is a good movie in there. There is a competent film in there. It is it is an hour too long. And honestly, the only reason that we even have uh, the Joseph Klemperer character in there, who they say is played by Lups Ebersdorf, no, it's Tilda Swinton in old age makeup. She looks amazing. She is she's made to look like this old man. Yes, he'll. I mean, if he wanted an Academy Award nomination for best makeup, yeah, they're gonna get it and they're probably gonna win it because I thought it was pretty amazing. The mannerisms were totally down. Tilda Swinton will get nominated for something. Her, her portrayal is great. Here's the issue: the voice, number one, 
when I heard that in the trailer, because you hear that voice in the trailer, I thought it was like Helena Marcos or, her, you know, someone else saying that line. But no, it's her as this old German man, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, the entire time I'm thrown with it. And the subplot is completely unnecessary. It doesn't need to be in this film. Like, why does she need to play this guy except for the fact of, hey, we've worked together a lot. Look what we did. Isn't this cool? So here's my kind of, uh, like, I want to kind of offer a bit of a comparison here because I want to examine, like, the idea how the first Suspiria was kind of perceived in its time and how this one is being perceived uh, by some of its, uh, not, so, not I wouldn't say detractors, but, like, how some people who aren't really vibing it uh, were because in the, in the original 70s version, like, Dario Argento, very much an abstract director somebody that like pr like portrayed like dream logic in his films somebody Absolutely, that really yeah. like it was all, toyed it was all with the idea and dream logic yeah 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 to toyed with the idea of what a logical cohesive narrative or story could really be things that didn't really exactly make sense just for the types of moody vibes that he wanted to put into his films uh considered very ahead of his time uh not exactly critically received well uh, at the time, people often debated whether his movies were, uh, like, were they, like, high art? Were they schlocky, disguised as high art? Were they overly pretentious? Were they just dumb? Uh, it See, seemed the, the to go back and forth. The thing with him, though, is it, it was because he started with Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and it was so good. You know, people were like, this guy has all the makings of the next, next Hitchcock. And, like, Hitchcock was one of his... I mean, he adored Hitchcock. Like, that's that was where he got his inspiration, and he wanted to make the Giallo thrillers. So... I, you know, I understand that people wouldn't like some of the stuff later on because to him it was more about, you know, scaring people and putting people into this mood and this atmosphere more than it was really dialogue and plot later on. He wanted to kind of go out there and go a little further with it. And I appreciate him for that. Now, granted, you know, we lose we lose him later on, I think, especially when we hit stuff like Mother of Tears. That's the issue is that I feel like this movie took all the terrible things about Mother of Tears and somehow crammed it into the film. Because there are gorgeous scenes in this this movie. It is filmed... Oh, yes, there at, absolutely at, are. Here's the, the problem. It's, at times, it's filmed extremely well. Other times, there's an opening scene where, where Susie first gets to the school, and as the camera is, like, you know, pulling up from her and going up the staircase, it should be a smooth shot, right? It should be, like, a dolly shot or however up the stairs... It stutters, and not in, like, an artistic way. It stuttered because it wasn't a smooth shot. It was so, it just wasn't done in a way. And, it, and for some reason, the way the framing was, and it just seemed almost like it was at a different frame rate than everything else. It, it felt like I was watching, Very like, much TV. meant to confuse the viewer, in my sense. Because I, I often, like, a lot of the technical aspects of this movie were either staggeringly beautiful to see or confusing in some places like i didn't know why i was seeing exactly what i was seeing and uh, again i kind of want to invite this comparison of like i feel like it kind of is capturing a little bit of the essence of the first suspiria in the fact that it can profoundly confuse and infuriate and sometimes stagger the audience <laughs> like Th Ugh, this movie yeah, is but, frustrating. Mm. It, it is frustrating to a T, and I do agree that this has a lot of the worst elements of Mother of Tears uh, in it because you want it to make sense because you see the good movie in there, and I see a 
like I had a bit I think I had a bit more fun of a time like in the more heady abstract parts of like Tilda Swinton's performance that didn't really go anywhere or uh things that didn't really seem to mean anything because they were all about like to em- em- like embody a tone or embody yeah, a no, vibe. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I agree. I think look, individual moments of this film are fine. Like going on I'm not fully I'm not against the Klemperer stuff at all. I just don't think it belongs in the film. Performances are great. It just seemed like a strange thing to add, and it really just inflates the runtime of this film, and it makes you just not invested. This movie is not scary whatsoever to me. It isn't. At times, by the end, it gets comical. It legitimately gets ridiculously humorous at the end of it, where, I mean, when we finally see Helena Marcos, by the way, also played by Tilda Swinton, she looks like... she looks like a combination of Butterball from the Hellraiser series um, mixed with the Grant Grant monster at the end of Slither. It is absolutely absurd. I don't... It, it just looked like cartoonish makeup that they just put on for this. And then you have CG blood explosions going on through this entire ending that's done in very just... Oh my... The worst slow-mo... And not even just slow-mo, like trail cams and stuttery camera work that is really just there to hide bad CG head explosions. So I I want to I think we can pick oh apart that God, ending uh, a so bit later much. on because I think we have a lot to go <laughs> to go on that. Oh no, we have a lot to go through and and, yeah. and there's there's a lot of bad stuff to go through too. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like that's, to that's the I'd like to iron out I'd like to iron out a bit of the good here because I yeah, like no, we, I, again we, I like to, to I like to start off with the stuff that we really liked because I think that there are elements of I think almost every actor. Like uh, Tilda Swinton's obviously a beast in this movie. Like she's no Tilda Swinton's she's great, acting, but her, honestly, she's acting for like her life depended on it. Like it's incredible what she can do. My favorites in this, and and the issue that I have is that I don't. I, their performances are the last thing that I'm thinking about, but it's easily the best parts of the film. Dakota Johnson and Mia Goth. I. I thought their chemistry together was absolutely amazing. And Dakota Johnson, man, people give her a lot of shit. And I know people were pissed when she got the role of Susie, but she is amazing. And that third act twist, I like the third act twist a lot, but I feel like there's so many other issues in that third act that make me hated at the same time that's why i say if, if you if there's some careful editing in there you got yourself a really good hour and a half movie i i i would i would agree i also think that um you mentioned the chemistry before i really i really enjoyed uh, a lot of the when those third act turns seemed to happen like uh oh man relying on what we had seen from that chemistry before i was like wow this is like this is some great acting i have no idea why people like would have uh, jumped on that because again i think she's got the look she has that like sort of naive like you know fish out of water type of like at first that that evolution throughout the film is just it, it's very you see these moments of her with who you think is helena marcos in that and then you realize it could be helena marcos but then there's that idea of death which comes up at the end which deals with you know uh the original trilogy as well but I I just thought that okay so big spoiler I mean we've already said a lot of stuff in this anyway that spoiler so third act twist 
Um, we find in the beginning of this film, we see Dakota Johnson's Susie's like home life, I guess, living on this farm growing up and her mother's dying and she has that wheezing. That wheezing is what you hear in the original Suspiria. So right away, I'm like, all right, this is interesting. And I don't really think much of it at first, but as I'm going through, I'm like, well, this is a little, why is the, why do they keep going back to the mom? And then they say something's evil about the kid and you realize, because she's drawn to Berlin this entire time, is that she is Mother Suspiriorum. She is yes. the entire time, but doesn't know that she is until she reconnects with and the so play. I, you know. I, I really, and I do like, I think the best idea that this movie has is how it kind of plays with the, with the mythos of Suspiria a bit. Yes, playing with the mythos I think is cool to a point you know you, yeah because because like the the fun that you can have with that is you know like obviously this is a classic but it by no means like it's it, like it doesn't feel like you're trampling on sacred ground when you like t like twist up like the location or twist so, up the, so like my the, it did re there was no there was no location real twist up it's still germany it's still you know i mean but yeah but like berlin. sort of like the, more of the themes behind the berlin wall and all of that like making that a bit more overt and making the uh like the twist at the end a bit different like those things like i didn't feel like were a bad thing or detracted at all from like the message of suspiria <laughs> right now now the other thing i this is where a lot of people were upset because it didn't have a lot of the technicolor look in the film now there's one moment with you know uh pushing in the dreams and stuff like that and pushing in the thoughts into susie where you see tilda swinton as Madame Blanc, um, and she has those colored lights around her. And I'm like, man, you could have added more of that. I know you're probably just doing it as a nod to Argento, but I see it in there. It's only in that one scene for that one moment. I liked, I was just like, man, there, there are so many blown opportunities where it could have been used because when you have Sarah creeping around the place, looking around for stuff, some of those scenes are so darkly lit, you can't see anything. And what was great about the original was that instead of it being super darkly lit where you can't see anything you have that color to break it up so you have people coming out of the shadows into this color and this it was it just shadows so cool it looks so so good like the the genius of some of these sequences uh is really something to behold and you said that those dance sequences got kind of comical like oh I my think god a couple no, of them no 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 in this okay we're i i mean i'm talking to like I thought the dance sequences were great, but oh, yeah. that was that that was the thing that he said that that was where the terror was meant to be evoked. The horror is mm. in how violent the dances are, and I'm like, that's cool and everything, but it's a horror movie, man. Like, throw some horror in there. All those deaths that you get, like Patricia's death in the original, all these other characters who die, you don't they don't you don't get their deaths. When you do, it's not even anything good. It just looks like you know CG shrunken in Chloe Grace Moretz and. I mean, it, it wasn't practical makeup. It didn't look like practical makeup at all. No, it, then, it looked it looked not e either like surreal or not great. Is what dude, I would that say. that budget that budget went for Tilda Swinton wearing the old age makeup. Twenty million dollar budget for this, and I guarantee most of it went to her makeup and probably to her. You know? I mean, it, it, I, like the money is with her. <laughs> like I, I would say but, that. But, and like, that—that's part of the issue too. Is that even though they say this isn't really much of a Hollywood film and it's an art film, no, dude, you—you you basically made a twenty a twenty million dollar art film. Really? No, you made a Hollywood film. Like, there's no there's no way around it. That's what you I don't made. know. This this doesn't feel too Hollywood to me. Like, this doesn't feel like something that you bring. <laughs> 
that you bring Name for me, the blockbuster. I mean, audiences. how many how many twenty million dollar indie films are there? I mean, there no, probably I mean, are. I, I, I watch. I guarantee someone's going to be like and give me a list of like thirty of them, and that's fine. But twenty million dollars, man, that's like a big budget. That's very true, but like again, I think the reason, the, like the purpose behind it, is because like this director is also fairly well regarded. He had a movie that went to the Oscars. Uh, he has like he's a fairly well regarded Italian director. Uh, right, and, and that's fine. It, I I have no issues with that. I get he's well regarded. It's just there's so much added to this that just makes it unpalatable. Like even that, even the scene. That's supposed to be the scene that creeped everyone out. The Olga scene. And I'm waiting for it, and I'm waiting for it, and it happens. And that first moment with the ribs happens, and I'm like, oh man, this is all going to be in CG, isn't it? <laughs> I and mean, it okay, so, like, again, I, I, know, I know your disdain for CG, and I can, I, I think in some instances I would agree that this does not look good at all. Um, no, it's terrible. Only when it's people trying are like, to be oh, it's so creepy. No, it's not. When it's trying to be obstructed by the like flashing lights and in and out and stuff, like it's mainly just trying to convey the image and stuff. But I again, when you when you spend so much time it, with an actor in like full crazy prosthetic makeup, just for the sake of getting them in it, uh, you can't really like put any more effort into your like your practical effects budget other than that, like other than, than just the makeup, because I, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree that like, yeah, the CG did not look good. And that's the problem. This is the issue. You had a movie that was an hour too long and most of the budget went to the practical effects that were on Tilda Swinton all for that makeup, unless that was somehow CG overlay and congrats if it was. Which in that case, it looked uh, great for CG overlay. In that case, good job guys. Um, but still that, that's part of the problem is, you know, for, for it's horror, horror, practical guys, you can do this. And if, if people argue, well, they couldn't have gotten the shots, those shots aren't anything magical. Do well, close-ups on stuff. That's why get a cinematographer who works with your special effects crew to make sure that you're getting the perfect shots. That's what they did for the thing. I say it time and time again, like you got to have that, that solid crew and, and I don't know if you're making a horror film and you're doing Suspiria, do practical effects. Like, don't piss off the fan base by by going heavy CG in it. And it I was mean, heavy CG. So I like I I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far to say that like there's no realm that CG couldn't look good because I, obviously the things that I'm he not wanted saying that either. That C- okay, yeah, no, but like clearly the stuff that he wanted to do with CG was a lot more involved than a lot of what practical effects tend to do nowadays. But again, it's just something that like, okay, this could have been done, but you instead decided to focus your efforts and money elsewhere. That's like my main concern where like by the time we get to the ending, like you, it didn't feel like a crescendo to something that like was deserved. Uh, it, you, but, know, you know what the ending felt like? It felt like someone trying. It felt like someone trying to make a Rob Zombie movie and an Argento movie together. Like a film student who likes both of those. You know, likes uh, Rob Zombie and likes Argento, or you know, who, what any other directors like two different directors mix them together and be like, "This is my thesis project." It 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 was a mess, man. That whole ending was just. A complete and utter mess. That whole seeing the the lights and stuff moving through and stuttering around. I'm like, cool, you got some light and then made it look really terrible as it moved through the 
the area. That 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 happened, I think, in the third and Mother of Tears or something, right? Like, doesn't the ghost appear at some point? Like, that's it does, what it reminded it me of. It, and I'm, I'm like, see, I'm seeing homages to all three of those movies in the uh, worst ways possible, man. <laughs> and for at least for the third, at least for Mother of Tears, like the way it's filmed, lighting in certain moments feels like that. But then other moments, I'm like, man. This feels like a 1970s movie, and there's so much cool stuff in it, and I really liked the connections between the girls, you know, when they're, when they're doing, you know, when they're going through the dance routines, and she knows it already, but it is a little absurd, too, the idea until you find out that third act reveal of the girl who saw it and saw uh, Madame Blanc play or you know dance this routine that no one can do because it takes 10 months to learn and uh you know all this stuff and she did it 30 years ago like she can magically do it almost perfectly and then when she touches her hands and her feet and they glow and i was like dude like what are you doing i knew okay so again like i at this point of the movie like we had been in this for like two hours and like oh I no no the, of... the touching of the hand and the feet was the Olga scene man that oh, was sorry, like sorry, 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 sorry. in I, it, there's I, no death by the way uh guys just there's no kills or deaths in this film until like like 45 minutes into the movie right no and it it, it, it does it plays around with a lot of that stuff um, yeah and there's really like all the deaths that you would normally get in Suspiria you don't get there's no there's no sense of giallo actually there's no giallo in this w- whatsoever like there's no there's no um you know how they had the guy going around killing everyone who did anything wrong in the original Suspiria there's none of that in this there's none of the blind guy you know with the dog like it's and I get that you can take out certain characters I don't mind taking out characters but they took out all the deaths of the film and then gave us this just I, this weird thing at the end of just people exploding when she summons death to make people go boom if they voted for uh, Helena Marcos. And this really cheesy, like, they're standing in front of what looks like, I guess, meant to be the Berlin Wall, you know, and they say who they would have voted for. And it's very, I know what they're doing with it. I get what he's trying to to go with the whole, you know, the Nazi Germany thing. And, you know, you have to side with one or the other. And if you do, you die and, and all that stuff. But it just, it almost felt comical at the end. And that's not good. I don't want that in a film like this. Right. And I, I think that the, I think this, the weakness of this movie is that, like, it did not take itself uh, like it took itself too seriously for too long in the wrong direction to win. Like it got to the thing that it that like we all wanted it to be. Like we're like, what's the point now? <laughs> like there's like you didn't you didn't earn any of this uh, at that point. And I like I feel it also feels like I wish like I feel like the movie wishes that it could cast Tilda Swinton in every single role. No, oh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. Well, uh, and, you know, I mean, oh, the other the exposition dump is the biggest issue, I think, too. The original had very, exposition very, very dumps, true. but I thought it was funny. In this, right away, uh, you get this really very forced line delivery in some of these things, because some of the lines just are are just there to tell you what is going on. Like Chloe Grace Moretz in the beginning says, they're witches, all of them. You know, and then goes through this whole thing about them. Uh, so we're like, all right, well, we're dealing with witches. You guys are just putting that out there immediately. And 
then just every time we see Tilda Swinton talk about something, she's explaining what she's doing. I put in the dreams to her last night, and now this should be working. Oh, this is what's going on now, and it's just so much. But so that so that stuff did not actually bother me because I tried to really just keep the original Suspiria in mind, and that was the type of like weird dialogue choices and just odd sort like odd character work choices, man. That, you that know. Makes, but yeah, but like that's that's what kind of actually reminded me about the original the most is because it's just yeah. weird choices to do. Yeah, where that's, like that's it's, it's, that's like the worst part of Suspiria. Yes, is the dot is the stilted dialogue, and it's like, dude, don't don't do that in this. Like, why would you? I, but do like that? in a weird way, like that was kind of the thing. I'm like, okay, they're they're paying homage to the original for sure. Like that's that is the, that is the one thing they nailed down is stilted dialogue and. Like, I'd give this movie a pass for that reason only because, like, the original did that so well. Like, and as as much as that can be, like, a detractor for most movies, like, that's what the original, that's what, that's classic Argento for that part. And, uh, like, I know that this director knows how to not do that because I've seen his other movies. Uh, he knows how to not be that way. So that's clearly intentional. A lot of these things are intentional, but some of these are just more maddening than a movie in the 70s did. So my, I mean, the other major, I think the thing they should have focused on more than anything, because they, they had really cool moments of, you see the coven of witches. When I saw the trailer, I'm like, man, are we going to focus on them? Cause I, that's awesome. Like when we started to see what was going on behind the veil, I'm like, this is really cool. But if you have a two and a half hour runtime, just, just stay on that, man. Go further into that. I would like to know more about the witches themselves. Because originally I thought this was going to be all three movies kind of put into one. Or we would at least get more of the backstory on everything that was going on with this coven. Like, and why it went into dance and everything, which I know was part of the ceremonies and, and you know, for sacrifices and everything. And I like that. I wanted more of that, man. Like, that's the part of this. I mean, this was the type of movie it had so much going for it, especially from the trailer, where I'm like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna get this awesome story. The dancing's really cool in it, and it's very violent. You got Tom York doing this cool soundtrack, which half of it is fits really well. And, I think and the soundtrack was pretty good. Amount of like it, it, like cause I think awesome. for the most part, maybe more than half, but there were some, a couple songs did not fit at the moment of the movie they were put in. Right. But I couldn't really blame the song for that. I think like it was a fine No, the piece music's of music. all good. Yeah. But I think it was just more oddly placed in some areas, but like I think the opening Absolutely. track was really cool. I think oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a lot of the key moments in the movie were pretty well executed with uh, some good music. Um but like again, like I I would I'm inclined to agree that there are a lot of excellent ideas and very good parts of this absolutely that if, i mean like i i can't argue with that at all right and i, I wanted I feel, more of that though so but like and here's the thing so like if you were to just you can't add anything to this you can only take things away from this movie mm -hmm. do you have a good movie if you cut like what like you said an hour and a half out of it 100 percent. if you if you cut an hour out of this movie and make it an hour and a half long i mean you could probably cut less than that but if you take out a good amount of the the clemper subplot Keeping some of it, I, I, you know, I definitely find it interesting. Um, take out, I mean, really just 
cut out that really bad slow-mo. I don't, I mean, I, I don't really know if I could re-edit by go back in and get rid of the slow-mo stuff. I would do that <laughs> in a heartbeat. I would, I would, um, I would have used it more sparingly. That's what I would have done. Yeah, I just don't, the way it was done looked very cheesy to me, and it felt like a movie from the 90s that was straight to video and didn't know what, what it was doing. That's how this whole ending felt. It just felt bad. Like, like something that was made by, oh man, I, I can't even, I'm, I would say Full Moon, but Full Moon had better uh, better stuff sometimes in their endings than how this felt. So here's, I mean, here's I like what I'll say. I, I, I'd say that the end, the ending, like, it didn't feel hasty, but it didn't feel like, it didn't feel attached to the rest of the movie, really. Like, the ending that it tried to give us was not really, it did not make me feel like it, like that, like, it wasn't paying attention to itself by the end. Uh, it felt more mother. It felt more mother of tears, and that was the issue. Is that right. I thought that the third act of my, I thought the mother of tears, the way it ended, was completely absurd and ridiculous, mainly in the way it was filmed. And this almost seemed to, in a way, recreate that, but mix in some other stuff. Right. But by the end and of it, that, it, you were like, you were like, oh wow, okay, barn burner of an ending. Like we were, we had all these crazy things happen. Now is the craziest thing. But this is and then just it like, gets right. real. Then it gets so slow with this like final thing of her going. Or you, like Klemperer lives, and there's this terrible comedic moment. I think he survives all this stuff. He's naked, and I think it's was it Miss Tanner? One of the one of them like takes him outside, yeah, and he them, just. Yeah. But it's done in this like very weird comedic way of getting him to go and leave, and it just felt. It, it didn't work for the film. There was a lot of these weird comedic moments. Like when you see Helena Marcos, I just started laughing. I'm like, this is awful. This is what what type of scene is this? Why is it being it seemed cheesy? And then she hits Madame Blanc with this like fake karate chop thing and it cuts <laughs> her head halfway off and CG blood sprays everywhere while the head is almost off. But then you get Miss Tanner, I think it was Miss Tanner, grabs her head at the end and pulls it back. And she turns her head to the side and is like, <gasps> and starts breathing again. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. And I la I was started laughing. Everyone in the theater was laughing. And right. that's not and how so your film should be. It's So this is, again, I keep kind of thinking back to like the stuff that I kept seeing with the Mother of Tears trilogy. And every once in a while, like I was so profoundly confused and sometimes even laughing at what I saw that like I can't say that this movie didn't capture a little bit of that even in its absurdly like not not cohesive thinking like th like they they clearly wanted to try to go for that and I think for the like for as much as as unlikable as stuff as choices like that are I think they kind of did it in a weird way you know what I'm going to do when this movie comes out? I'm going to buy the Blu-ray, and I am going to then put it on my computer, and I'm going to edit like myself. Re -edit? I'm going to re-edit my own version of it to make it good. Because as the way it is, I do not think it is a good movie. A good movie is in there somewhere. It is a competently put-together film. A good movie it is not. I, I, I would... Yeah, I'd be I'd be inclined to agree, but I I hate to say that I hate like let me I I hate to say that I wanted to like this movie and as you know as we've said there there's a good movie in there they just got to retool this thing yeah 
and it like it, it, it bums me out that like it bums you out so much because like you again like you saw so many good things in this and i did too um but i just i felt i i felt more like a i shrugged my shoulders i'm like all right that was that was fucking wild like that was that was two and a half hours of whatever the fuck they just chose to put on the screen but like in the end like sometimes at the end of the mother of teals trilogy i was just like okay i just saw that that was something they put on the screen uh and like it it is frustrating at times it is uh beautiful and maddening and uh sometimes i'm just like yeah that kind of captures the original suspiria a little bit but i mean the olga scene the olga scene at times felt okay but it just it got cruel after a while like really just cruel like when she when they it it gets her to the point where she pisses herself everywhere yeah it becomes mean-spirited to see it was so mean-spirited and and like i don't know man suspiria the original could be mean it was mean-spirited at times but it was it was quick you know on some of it some of the stuff was drawn out i know later on i think sarah's or one of their death is drawn out for a while with the barbed wire and stuff but like in this there's not it's it just a lot of this just feels mean-spirited but then awkwardly comedic and laughing at times when I should not be laughing. And that's my, and that's my kind of thing to wrap up with. Like, I'm still kind of left with like, all right, is this supposed to be just some like arty thing that I don't understand? Or is this like a schlocky thing that is supposed to just make, take the piss out of arty stuff? Like, I don't know. And I don't really like, I wouldn't, if you are really into Tilda Swinton and if you are really into long, weird ass movies that don't make sense that can sometimes be very frustrating i think that's the only basis on which i could recommend something like this uh outside of that like you can save yourself two and a half hours let me i there's part of me that wants to say don't see this movie at all but i will say after seeing this movie it made me want to get back into into filmmaking you know um, cause I have, I've had some horror shorts and stuff that I've been kicking around with people and we've been kind of talking about it, but like lit, this movie lit the fire under me to get back into that because I was so irritated by what I saw that I was, I knew that by complaining about this film, people would be like, well then make something better. And I'm like, all right, cool. I will. Um, <laughs> Hey, listen, because... if it gets you back into your art form, a- amen. Like it was worth and it. And that's, well, and that's, that I think is part of this Oh, I think people who are questioning whether they should be filmmakers, especially horror filmmakers, need to see this film. No, for better and for worse, because there's some really great moments in it, but then you're looking at an Oscar-nominated director who's doing some really terrible things as far as I'm concerned and making really awful choices with, with what he's doing. And this stuff, like, Amazon went along with this and was like, okay, cool, no, no, it's good. So it went through a series of checks, or system of checks and balances, and they let this out there. In its full form. Um, no. Like, I... <laughs> nah, this man. is where I'm... This is where I'm inspired, and I'm like, alright, I'm gonna make my own stuff then. I mean, if I'm gonna rip on this movie, I have to be able to back it up, so... I mean, hey, like, if you if you get back in the saddle because of this, I'm all for it. Um, and that's why I say, like, I don't like this movie. I, I won't tell people not to go see it. That's, that's so weird to me. <laughs> I'll still say no don't see it and you hated this movie more than I did and you say go see it Uh, dude it was inspirational to I mean I will say it's inspirational 
in wow. the worst <laughs> way possible for I mean in a good way but like that that's how I saw this film so hey man there like, was a positive that came out of it right mm-hmm. no no I would say so absolutely uh, uh anyway, did, did so you hope- did you stay for the post credit scene I did not I did not stay for the oh. post credit scene yeah no I I didn't either uh it's apparently it's the whole same thing as like when she pulls the thoughts out of someone's head to make them forget stuff she basically basically eternal sunshine's the doctor at the end it's it's crazy right i mean okay sure (laughs) like i i i I had my i i sat in that theater and i guess she does it i guess she does it to the audience in the final scene like it's meant to be done to the i don't know what it's it's weird anyway um it's it's a movie guys it's a movie yeah i I say don't see it rob say see it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh i mean it exists why not man yeah. every i i mean i watch i watch terrible stuff all the time exactly well hopefully we'll be redeemed next week with our next movie what have we got in the pipeline next week uh we're, we're watching overlord because Hell yeah man it's supposed to be really good and it's not a cloverfield film apparently Thank god that, uh, which makes oh. me feel so much better after you know that what? last you just said that debacle you just said that and i'm like if this is secretly a cloverfield movie i'm gonna be real pissed uh no i've heard the reviews are really good coming out from it they say it's uh it's it's pretty close to like an escape from or a, a return to castle wolfenstein like movie I, you know I, it's I, very I'm just not over that the fact that it could be a Cloverfield movie. I swear to oh God. Oh my God! Is, I hope if, I I hope it's not. I'm not looking at anything. I'm not going to try and find spoilers. I'm going into this blind. I've seen the trailers, but but that's it. And if this is a Cloverfield movie, I t- like honestly, will, I, no, no, no. Mm. I don't care. I don't care how much fun I have at this movie. I don't care how much I like it. If anything re- involving Cloverfield is alluded to in this movie automatic goose egg zero no absolutely dude if not. you see if you see a slusho if you see like slusho somehow in the background why would it exist then who knows right. um yeah then that'll motivate me to make films and just be like if jj abrams can stick his ass into everything cloverfield <laughs> and everything he does god yeah man that'll get that'd get me back in the business if he put if he, <laughs> if he makes the third chapter of star wars a cloverfield movie man fuck everything all right. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? I mean, who knows, man? Maybe, maybe it would end up being a huge hit—a crossover that spawns. So, you know what? Never mind. That sounds. That Please, sounds bad. You know what? Hey, they—they might make it. They made the Cloverfield paradox, and we looked at it. Actually, no, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Well, right. no, we were going to, and then we both watched it and went, "We cannot subject we people to to that." Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, that is that is gonna do it for us here at Oh the Whore. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter and pretty much everywhere you can find social media at Oh the Horrorcast at gmail.com is where you can get into contact with us. Also, oh the horrorcast.com is the official website made by our brilliant yep. Rob Holmes. Uh, it's looking great. I absolutely love it. Check it out. We're going to have a lot more bonus stuff for you guys there. A couple of extra content, things that Rob's going to be putting up as well. But yeah, you should check that out. It's under the interview section on the website. Excellent. And thank you so much for listening. Feel free to review us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. And until next week, I've been Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll see you next time. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man.